Good morning, everybody. It's a wonderful day, and I'm so happy to see y'all. And if you're visiting with us, welcome to New Hope. We're so glad that you're here. Please make sure that you sign in on the tablet in the back. Um, it's wonderful weather, and I love spring so much, not just because it's my birthday season, but because it's just so nice to see everything growing. And, and we have one thing that we do every year at New Hope in spring that I want to talk about first, and that's spring into missions. And that's coming up very soon so please, on April 29th, mark your calendars if you can. We are going to be serving a meal in the community. And I don't know if you were part of it last year, but we did pancakes last year for a community nearby. And what a blessing it was. From that meal, we have um, several youth and kids that still come and are active in our ministries today. Um, so this is a blessing to get to go into someone's neighborhood and serve them and minister to them and pray with them. So please mark that down for April 29th for Spring Into Missions for this year. Next week, come hungry because we have a youth and kids lunch next week and it's the ham and sides meal. So we're very excited to have you come to that and help support the youth and kids that have still have camp to pay for this summer. So I think that is all the announcements today, and let's go to our Lord and Savior in prayer this morning. God in heaven, we, we love you so much. You are our guide in a dark world that we would be completely lost in without you. You're the light that gets us through the hard times and the strength and the, the patience the trust. You are everything. I know I depend on you for every moment of life, for decisions and for, for strength. I trust you and I just pray that this morning we all come before you with repented hearts that we confess our sins, our lives to you, Lord, and what we're going through and that we come to you with with a sense of respect and honor and praise that you deserve, God. Our forgiver, our redeemer, our best friend, our father, God. And I just pray that you feel that love from us as we come before you in worship and prayer and singing and teaching, that you feel that love from us, that genuine love, Lord. And if our hearts are somewhere else, Lord, that you will redirect them to where you are right now, where we need to be in tune with your spirit, Lord. We give you this time in thankfulness. Thank you for every person in this room, God. Thank you for what they mean to me and my family and to each other and, and the relationships that you've built and the paths that you've brought us on through this church. We love you. And we pray that we honor you this morning with our worship. And it's in your name, God, that we all pray. Amen.
said go and tell the world about him and we sang the song I love to tell the story but do we really do we really love to tell the story about how Christ changed our life about how Christ uh, made an eternal change in our life the way we live the, the things that we do has that happened to you I pray that it has if not today is the day for that to happen amen I want to share a story with you. <clears throat> it, was, uh, it was late Friday night. It was late. Well, I guess it was early, maybe around 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And I got in my truck and was headed into town. I left my house going into town. I went over the T-Bridge in Gaffney there and was, was coming back down. And, and, and as I was coming back down, I, I noticed that a car was following behind me. A dark-colored car was following behind me. And I thought, okay, <laughs> you know, it didn't bother me too much, and, but then it started getting closer, and it got real close, you know, and I'm like, listen, it's late, I'm tired, I don't want any nonsense, you know, and so I was, I was, I was getting aggravated, okay, until the blue lights came on. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? And so I pulled over and I rolled down my window, and and, and this young cop gets out with an attitude. Two o'clock in the morning. Have you been drinking? Are you under the influence of drugs or alcohol? Uh, no. Why? <laughs> well, you were swerving in the lane. I said, but did I cross the line? No. Get out of the car. And so I get out of the car. He said, where are you going? What are you doing out this late at night? Well, I'm going to my granddaddy's office to make copies. I've got a paper to turn in. I was in seminary, okay? 
I had a paper to turn in to school the next day. And so after going through an entire field sobriety test, he let me go. But he asked the question, are you under the influence? Are you under the influence? Let me ask you, are you under the influence? Or what is controlling you today? What is controlling you in your life? If you will, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. That's where we're going to be today. And talking about being under the influence. And uh, as Paul is writing to the Ephesians, he's writing in chapter 4, and he, he's leading us up into chapter 5, and he's, he's teaching us how to live this new life in Christ and how to follow you know, to, to, to be a godly Christian. And so he goes through several examples about, about worldly living and not doing that anymore. But instead, to live for Christ, be imitators of Christ, and walk in love. And he's telling the Ephesians to get rid of your old self, to get rid of the, do, doing things the way you used to, get rid of doing life the old way, and, and to live a righteous and holy life with a, with a renewed mind in Christ. And then that leads us up to Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 15 through 20. And, and it's there that He commands us, you hear me? He commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, He says, Be very careful then how you live. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but is wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You see, Satan's desire is to take every Christian down. He's putting temptation in our way. He's looking for us to, he's wanting us to fall. He's wanting to ruin our testimony. He's wanting to ruin our witness in the world. And so Paul here is warning them. Okay, he talked about, you know, this is the way you used to live. You've done away with that, but now here is the way you are to live. But remember, there's always, there's always a problem there, okay? There, there, there's always Satan wanting to, to cause trouble with you. And so be very careful. Be careful how you live. And he says, take caution. You see, we're in, a, we're in a, a spiritual war where there are constant dangers, where there are errors being shot at us every day, all the time. And so he says, be careful. And also, there are plenty of tons of false teachers in our world today. The internet, the TV, everything is full of false teachers. And man, some of them put up a really good front until you start, until you start breaking them down and seeing where they really are theologically. And so he's, he's, he's telling them, be careful and don't be deceived and don't fall back into your, into your old way of living. Instead, he says, Knowing this and being careful, he says, make the most of your time. Redeem the time that you have in this life at this moment. Redeem every moment of your time for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God. He goes on in verse 17, he says, therefore do not be foolish. Don't be foolish, but rather understand what the Lord's will is. In other words, don't be foolish by living an ungodly life. Living the way you used to, make use of the time as a believer. My daddy used to tell me, he'd say, 
or told me quite often, he said, Russ, I went to church my whole life. I was, I was baptized when I was a young boy and went to church. And, and, and I was a good person. I was a, a good Christian. He said, but it wasn't until I was probably 60 years old that I gave my life completely to Christ. It was then that I surrendered to Christ. That I gave it all to Christ. You see, and, and he would look back and he said, man, think of all the time that I lost and I wasted because I wasn't redeeming all of my time for Christ. And I think we can all say that, can't we? Even from the time that we didn't accept Christ to the time we accepted Christ until the time we were totally surrendered to Christ. And so here Paul is telling the Ephesians, redeem the time. Don't be, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And so don't live a foolish, ungodly life, but instead understand what the Lord's will is. What is the Lord's will? The Lord's will is that we be saved. The Lord's will is that we be filled with the Spirit. The, Lord, the Lord's will is that we be sanctified and we be thankful. We could go on and list a number of other ones. But I want to focus today on, on verse 18. Verse 18 and following, or, or let's just settle in on, on verse 18. Verse 18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which, lose, which leads to debauchery. Now looking at the different translations, this is, uh, leads to losing control, leads to reckless living, or, or, or you will ruin your life, or it will lead to you destroying yourself. And so it says, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Well, what kind of Spirit? Obviously, we know he's talking about the Holy Spirit, but he doesn't say the Holy Spirit there. But what kind of Spirit? You, you look at a lot of restaurant signs, and it says you know, the name of the restaurant, and underneath it, they've got a little tagline that says, Food and Spirits. Simply to say, we serve food and alcohol. But why do they call it spirits? Well, because the alcohol's influence will eventually control you. It will eventually take you over. And, and, and so don't get drunk on the spirit of wine because it will take over your mind and body and, and lead you to, to, to be out of control or lose control or ultimately ruin your life, it says. If the spirit of drunkenness that... That, that, that will control you. The alcohol makes you think more of yourself than, than you ought to. You'll get bolder and reckless in your actions. You'll be running off at the mouth more than you should. You'll think you can do more than you really can. You'll do things you're not supposed to do or things you wouldn't normally do. And you often wind up getting into trouble or hurting yourself or somebody else. Instead, Paul says the objective is to, is to walk wisely with the Holy Spirit. Walk wisely with the Holy Spirit and to recognize the urgency of the hour and to live each moment for God. So again, verse 18, don't get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Of course, the Spirit is the Holy Spirit he's talking about. The third person of the Trinity. And in John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, 
but the Advocate, the, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. And we see that, that it's the Holy Spirit that, that empowers and enables us to, to, to live a more godly life, to live life the way Christ wants us to live. When we think about the Holy Spirit coming into us, though, we, we, we think about God the Father with us at the manger, in the manger. We think about Jesus for us on the cross. And then we think about the Holy Spirit dwelling within us at Pentecost. And so, so instead of being led by the Spirit of the world, be led by the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us. Folks, there's a big difference in just coming to church and being led and being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the, the, the one that's, the person is filled by the Holy Spirit and, and being led by the Holy Spirit demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit in their life. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and, and self-control. And all of that is played out in, in our life. When we accept Christ, there's nothing we can do except it, but accept Christ. God does all the work for us. He prepares everything for us. He's the one that, that draws us to Him. He's the one that speaks into our heart. When we accept Christ, the, the Holy Spirit indwells us. He comes into us. He enters into our heart. And then He regenerates us and makes us one of God's children. And then He baptizes us into the body of Christ. And then the Holy Spirit seals our soul for eternal salvation and a guaranteed salvation. But think about this. God does all of that. God does all of that. Now, what does He ask us to do? In response, the only thing we're commanded to do in response to that is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have the Spirit, but are we filled with the Spirit? You see, this isn't an option. This is a command. The, the, the way Paul writes this, this is a command to everybody and no one is exempt. The idea of this verse is to be continually filled. It's not a one-time feeling. It's a, it's a continual feeling. And so we need that daily feeling of the Holy Spirit in order to effectively serve Him every day. You see, we can't live, we can't survive spiritually on yesterday's feeling. We need a fresh and a, and a new filling of the Spirit every day. For example, at the resurrection in John 22, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And then later on in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, they're filled again. Because after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. Remember Jesus told them to go and wait on the Holy Spirit? Because you see, it was the Holy Spirit that empowered them. It, it was the Holy Spirit that gave them what they needed to accomplish the will, God's will for them in their life, for their church, for their people, for the early church, for Christianity. And so being filled with the Holy Spirit enabled them to to, to, to boldly 
It enables us to boldly proclaim the Word of God. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Great Commission. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But you will receive power. You'll receive power when? When you meet at the church, when you meet in the upper room, when you gather together. No, it says what? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You see, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had the power to speak. They had the power to speak boldly and courageously and and powerfully into the people's lives around them. We're going to talk tonight about how they they huddled in, in fear before the Holy Spirit came upon them. And so they left that fear empowered to go out and share the gospel message to everybody around them. You see, we're to speak boldly for Christ while under the influence of the Holy Spirit and not speak a a spirit of foolishness and drunkenness. You think about alcohol as as a depressant. The Holy Spirit is a spiritual stimulant. Alcohol impairs judgment. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Alcohol can lead to rage and violence. The Holy Spirit produces love and joy, peace and patience and kindness, self-control. Alcohol will destroy a family. It will destroy a home. But the Holy Spirit builds up and, and, and keeps families together. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to a ruined life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Because you see, whatever fills us is what controls us. And so let me ask you this morning, what's filling your life today? Is it the things of the world? Is our passion for the things of the world? Or is it for Christ? Are we seeking the filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives every day? when I was in high school I worked at a full service gas station some of you older folks know what that is Uh, some of you younger ones I don't know if you do or not maybe you've seen it on Andy Griffith when you watched it with your parents but some of the customers would come in and say uh, give me five dollars worth of gas or give me ten dollars worth of gas and I'd I'd fill them up you know or, or put the money in and and then other, other customers would come in and say, fill her up and check the oil. Okay, and that's what I do. You see, to be spirit-filled, we need to come to the Lord every day and say, fill her up, Lord. Fill her up, Lord. Don't just give me a little portion. Just don't give me a few bucks worth. I want it filled to the rim. I want it just top, right. You know, I want it overflowing. Lord, fill her up. You see, a spirit-filled life is one of, of faith and prayer, one of complete surrender and obedience, but that's something we can't do on our own. We have to seek that from God. We have to allow Him access to every part of our spiritual gas tank. We need to be praying every day, Lord, fill her up. 
Fill her up, Lord. Search me and know me and, and check me out. Search me and know me that I can walk by the Spirit and be led by the Spirit today, Lord. Lord, I need your power today because I know that I can't do anything on my own. Are we praying that type of prayer every day? You see, being filled with the Holy Spirit results in, in forgiveness. It results in a, in a oneness of fellowship with other believers. But it also leads us to, to true worship and thanksgiving described as Paul finishes out that, that section in verse 19 and 20. It says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father of everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we let, at our time of conversion, we let, we let Christ in. But have we given Him all access? Have we opened all the doors in our lives? We let Him save us, but have we let Him change us? Have we let Him transform us into the people He wants us to be? Because you see, we're living in dis disobedience when we're not living the Spirit-filled life. Let me ask you this morning, can, can, can you agree with this next passage we're about to show you in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20? I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But it's Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Can you say that about your life? I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But it's Christ. It's Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. The one who died on the cross. The one who God raised from the dead and gave Himself for me. Folks, if we want to be who God created us to be, we must be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit every day. When Paul, <clears throat> when Paul is writing to the Romans about life in the Spirit and living life in the Spirit, he said in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit. Again, Luke, 8, uh, Luke writes in Acts 1.8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I got two balloons here. and This balloon has been sucked dry, okay? There's, no, there's nothing in there, okay? It's stuck the front to the back. Actually, they're, they're both like that, but we'll say that, that, that these represent a lost person, okay? But when a person is saved, the Holy Spirit comes into them. Okay? So they, they've got the Holy Spirit in them. They've, we've got the Holy Spirit in us. 
when we accept Christ. But have we been filled with the Holy Spirit? See, there's a difference in this and it being blown up, isn't it? That's a big difference, isn't it? That balloon is now filled with the Holy Spirit, we might say. We would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can take that, and, and I could take it home to the grandkids, and they'd beat it around the house all day long. But they can't do that with, with nothing in it. We can't be used with nothing in it, can we? But oh, the kids can have a ball bouncing that around, can't they? But the, 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 the Holy Spirit gives us power. It gives us power in our life to do things that a, that a kid, you know, that, that we can't do on our own. And so when we allow the, the Holy Spirit to, to turn loose His power in our life, man, all kind of stuff can take place. You know, we can go places we never thought of. But that's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. The power of the Holy Spirit can do things in us that we can't do ourselves. And we need that power every day to accomplish what God wants us to do for Him every day. And so let me ask you this morning, does your spiritual life have the power of the Holy Spirit? Does your spiritual life have the, the power of the Holy Spirit? Earlier, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or all we can imagine, according to, the, to His power that is at work within us. You see, we can't imagine going places and doing things that, that the Lord Jesus can take us and allow us to do. We can accomplish things in our life that, that we can never do on our own. And it can only be possible when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so today, is the Lord empowering you through the Holy Spirit for the kingdom of God, for the work of the kingdom of God? This morning, are, are you hungry? Are you hungry for God's presence in your life? Are you thirsty for, for the Holy Spirit's power in your life to work in and through you? Is your mouth, is your, is your spiritual mouth parched wanting a, a drink of water from the power of the, the Holy Spirit? Is your stomach cramping because you hunger for God and God's Word? During our invitation this morning, I want to ask that you would come and, and pray for a fresh and a new feeling of the Holy Spirit. That you would come and, and seek that power that, that only God can give us. And we all need it. We all need that, that refreshing power of God's Holy Spirit every day. And so the question is, will we come? Are you thirsty enough to come and receive that, that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? The filling of the Holy Spirit today. How thirsty are you?
How much do you want it? Do you want the power of the Holy Spirit working in you and through you? If you do, it gets down to complete surrender and seeking God, asking for that power every day. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we, we pray today, Lord, fill us up. Fill us up, Lord, with the Holy Spirit and check us out. We pray today, God, search me and know me. Lord, make known to me our, our sins and, and our unrighteousness. Break my heart, God. Bring me to the point of confession and repentance. But Lord, I want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit today. Father, I need your power because I know that I can do nothing on my own for your kingdom. And God, today, I want to be used in your kingdom for kingdom purposes. Lord, hear our prayers today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.